I'll make it my spread in order as best I can. Well, good evening. I, um, like I was saying to our children in our little group before we left, you know, well, welcome to uh, Stoltzfus Flights, Flight 5499 with stops in Cincinnati. Our final destination today is Athens, Tennessee. Um, we've traveled a bit, five hours today with a stop in Cincinnati on our way down from Guy's Mills, Pennsylvania. And uh, it, it's my privilege, it's, it's my honor to bring you greetings from, I guess I'll say it's, it's the, the congregation up there, Shalom Mennonite Church, where I'm a pastor, and I bring you greetings in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Um, I have, in considering the, the invitation here to, to come and share, I uh, had a number of topics, a number of different ways we could even begin to talk with each other a little bit, and um, here's some of where we're going, and I also want to say a few words about the approach, at least for tonight, because I'm not going to be doing all the talking. Um, the, the topic we're, we're going after here, it's, it's going to be, we're going to be taking a look at the heart, that is, the human heart, with, with all of its depth, with, with all of the issues that our hearts have, with all of the clarity and cloudedness and stubbornness that they can bring, but, but we're also going to be looking at some of what God does to work with our hearts, and we're just getting started on that tonight, I'm not exactly sure where we're going to land, okay? So we'll get started, and I want to be hearing some of what you're saying, and, and we're, going to be, we're going to be driving toward some picture of what God wants for our hearts, which has to do with His kingdom and has to do with the love of God and the love of neighbor, we know that, but, but we're going to be looking at what does it mean to set our hearts on that, the love of God and love of neighbor, love of his kingdom. We've got a little bit of work to do before that. I'd like you to help me out with that. About approach, that's the topic. As far as approach goes, um, I'm not used to being on this side of the podium here at Wellspring. I've been here a number of times as a guest. I kind of like that a little bit better <laughs> in some ways, and, and I've always enjoyed your hospitality here. It's a little bit different for me to be on this side of the podium. So I would just at least say I'm softening the landing just a little bit by bringing a little bit of the classroom with me. So this is going to feel a little bit like a classroom sometimes. And that's also where I'm just as much of a native as I am a preacher. Now, on Sunday, I'll preach properly. But um, for, now, for now, this is going to feel something like a classroom. So... Again, hearts, human hearts, let's get started with looking at them. What's in your heart? What is a heart? What's in it and what's it made of? What is this thing we call a heart? Maybe I'll just begin with this question, and I'm going to be looking for some responses. Just take a minute to think about it. What does your heart, what does your heart have to do with your relationship with God? I think we know it has something to do with that, right? 
think about that for a moment. What does your heart have to do with your relationship with God? And formulate, formulate a response to that, and then I'm going I'm to list some things. Okay? So think about it for yourself for a moment. What does your heart have to do with your relationship with God? Okay, let's start writing some things down. What do you think? Everything. Everything, okay. Can you expand that? I agree. Yeah, okay. So if, if it's clean, you're good. Um, I'm just going to put this down as, as a relationship. There, you know, there's this clean or dirty thing, and, and that, depending where that is, it, it makes all the difference in your relationship with God. Right. Give me some more. Yeah. So there's things in your heart Right, that when it's struck by something in your relationship with God, when it's struck by things, your circumstances, attitudes come out or they're revealed. Right. Something more? Yes. Faith in God. So your faith in God is rooted in your heart. Yes, thank you. Good. Keep them coming. Uh-huh. Treasure. What, what, what do you mean by that? Uh-huh. The treasure, it's something that we find valuable. And it's revealed, it's revealed, Jesus says, what, what's your treasure? What are you finding valuable? Whatever that is, is where your heart is going to be also. Keep going. Okay. That's another side of it, isn't it? Our hearts have a capacity to be warped, to become wicked and deceitful to the point that we may not even understand them ourselves, much less other people. Keep going. I'm not going to try to exhaust this. Just, just keep them coming, and then we'll stop when we're done. What are we missing? A pure heart. And what does that have to do with our relationship with God? Oh, that's all right. I, I, there, there's, there's just, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's like a relationship or a dirty heart is going to, there's going to be distance with God, but a pure heart is something that God puts a blessing on. Blessed are the pure in heart, right? For, for they, help me, they shall see God. Right? There's a relationship there. Anything more? Okay. So there is a 
good. So there is that possibility in our hearts, and our hearts are going to find their deepest satisfaction, right, when they move toward the likeness of God. And that's what God desires for them. Okay, there's more we can say. I'm not trying to exhaust this. We're just kind of getting us started here. Our hearts have a lot to do with our relationship with God. Okay? We know that. These are some ways it does that. I'm going to be developing as we move forward how that looks, what that's like. And I don't, I don't remember hearing it as much now as what maybe I did when I was younger but this language, this phrase would use when somebody gave their heart to Jesus. Is that still common language? Somebody gives their heart to Jesus? It, we realize that's really important when that happens. And it, it's, it is. It's, it's extremely important. And I remember, I remember in my experience uh, doing that in the primary way that I felt like that had been done was uh, a feeling, a feeling of peace. And that's, that's usually how we talk about it, right? You know, I gave my heart to Jesus, and I had this feeling of peace, and that's true. That's good. Hearts are how we feel things. It's where emotions come from. And, and if you gave your heart to Jesus, and Jesus says he gives us peace, he gives us forgiveness, and when we experience that, we say something's changed. There's... We've given our heart to Jesus, and it made sense that when you give your heart to Jesus, you'd feel peace. That's one part of our relationship with God here. I'm just going to put out some other possibilities here. Hallmark says a lot about hearts, too. Heart is where the home is, says the Hallmark card. Or how about this? If we can't see eye to eye, let's try heart to heart. Or maybe uh, a teacher's heart is where it starts. Or how about this one? Let's commit the perfect crime. I'll steal your heart, and you'll steal mine. Or sometimes we say things, and just putting out possibilities. Hearts. Really important. We know that. A lot of people say a lot of things about hearts. They don't all agree. Um, we say things like, it's the heart that counts. Somebody botches it, and they don't do well with something, and you can, you can see it, like, that didn't, that didn't go very well. And we say, well, it's the heart that counts. And we feel like their intention was good, and somehow it's their intention that covers the distance. You know, even if you could measure it, you'd say, like, that didn't go very well for them, it's the intention that covers the distance. And down here, people say things like, bless your heart. Marlene tells me that could be as common as being called honey at a diner. Or it can be a cover for something a little bit more harsh. Well, bless your heart. With a smile, it means that your intentions aren't good enough to cover the distance. And you're probably just a stupid Yankee. <laughs> Bless your heart. So, just getting us started. There's a lot of ways we can talk about hearts. There's a lot of claims on what a heart is, how important it is, how freestanding it is. 
and how broken it can be. But I said I wasn't going to do the work, and um, <clears throat> not all the work, so now is my chance. I'm going to start to turn things over to you for a little while. And I could have said this, but the, the, a significant portion of the time this evening will be yours. I have here worksheets with a lot about what the human, about what the Bible says about our hearts. And so it's at the top, it says the biblical world of the human heart. And we're going to look at three different aspects of the human heart. One is our relationship with God. Another one is, um, we have to deal with this, distance from God. What's the human heart look like? How's it operating in distance from God? And then the physical and inner life. The Bible actually doesn't, it talks some about the physical life, what the heart does there, but also a lot about the inner life. Frequently, when the Bible talks about the heart, it talks about that. And uh, you'll, you'll, I'll save the directions for now. For now, let's just, uh, we'll get started by numbering off, okay? I'm going to get you into three groups, and I'll give each of you groups several worksheets to work on yourselves, and then you can move around however you'd like, and that'll be the bulk of the evening, and then I'll, we'll wrap up with some uh, some work together and then some concluding comments. Okay, sound fair? Let's do that. So I'm going to start up here. If you want to stay together as a couple, I totally understand, especially if you've got children, that sometimes works better. We'll go one, two, and three, starting with one and back. Okay, and over to the back. You got a two and a three. Who's three? Thank you. stay together? Excellent. Okay. I don't mean to separate you. Okay. Now, um, I think it'd work best if we get a little distance. So I'm going to say group one, you stay here. Actually, group one over here, group two over there, group three. Uh, there's some chairs at least set up over, they're not set up yet, but they could be set up easily over in the, um, <clears throat> all the common space. Fellowship Hall. And uh, before, as, as we mix up here, I'm just going to hand these out, one to each group. Um, so I'm just going to give you these for your group. And as you get started, the first thing you're going to want to do is, is appoint somebody who's just a secretary, takes notes, and makes sure that everybody is involved. I suggest you start by first looking at the questions. There's three questions per sheet. And they correspond roughly as you move your way down through the scriptures to the order of the scriptures there. Don't feel like you've got to look at all of the scriptures. There's a lot of material to go through. 
You want to find some way. You look at the you look at those questions. You look at the scriptures, and then you say, "Okay, who's going to read what?" You read the scriptures, or at least a portion of them, and then you begin to respond to the questions. That's the meat and potatoes of the exercise. Any questions? Okay, ones, twos, threes. Zach, can I give you these? Oh, I'm, I'm going to be keeping a tally on time. We're looking for about half an hour, up to half an hour, okay? Your immediate sensations right now of comfort, discomfort, jealousy, satisfaction, you know, that pressing demand you have to make a choice between work or a walk, that social group you'd like to belong to, the jostling signals of your peers, the coworker who doesn't get it, the aloof parent, the intense child. You can go on and on. Circumstances. These are things that lie without us. It's just the everyday realities of our human experience. And, and these are there, they're out there, and they enter this thing we call our heart. You can think about this as the central part that holds our most fundamental longings. Longings about how we want the world to be, how we wish the world was. Longings about what brings us security, about what threatens us. And more often than not, some of the things that are in our hearts, like we've learned, some of the things in our heart we see and some of them fly under our radar. We see part of them in these realizations, but sometimes we don't see it all. Our hearts, you might say, they are the seat of our longings. And they act kind of like a prism. Our circumstances, they enter our hearts. And there's three things, at least, there's more, that come out. This one we're familiar with, our emotions. Circumstances, they enter our hearts and emotions come out. Attraction, revulsion, guilt, shame, love, fear. Go on, there's a lot of emotions we experience as a human. Those, those come out of our hearts. They're provoked by our circumstances or our memory of them. Another aspect of this I'm just going to put it here as our body. The things we do with our bodies, our physical selves, because it's just true that most of our activity in the world we don't think about. It's automatic. Some of it by habit, some of it by intuition. You know, the poses that we assume when we're talking with people the gestures we make, the actions we take before we think about them, um, especially when we're surprised, maybe. A simple way to say this is that we perform in our bodies what's in our hearts. We perform in our bodies what's in our hearts. And good trees, people with well-tuned hearts, produce good fruit. Bad trees, people with poorly tuned, corrupted hearts, produce bad fruit, bad activity. And the final thing here is this. The 
reason, and I'm not quite sure how to fit this all together, there's problems with this, but, but um, our, reason, our reason is something that in some ways comes out of our hearts too. It's, it's also part of our hearts, right? But, but there is a way in which the things that we want, the things that we long for, shapes how we reason. Sometimes we say somebody rationalized something. They wanted it, they found a way to get there. That can be a distortion that happens sometimes. So it can be true that our thinking is directed toward the things. This is what I want you to hear. Our thinking is directed toward the things our hearts have already set themselves on. Okay? Our, our reason is always going somewhere. It's always heading in some direction. It always has some goal in mind that it's moving toward. And that goal is set in place by our hearts, something we long for. So this is important. This is important. Whatever is going on in here, and there's a lot going on, I just want to recognize that in, in, a, in a very important way, we don't just see our circumstances like they are. We see our circumstances like our hearts are. Okay? I want you to catch that. We see our circumstances like our hearts are. That's, that's the biblical world of what our hearts are. It's part of what Jesus is referring to when he says that the light of the body is the eye. And we also recognize that our hearts can be quite the ruckus sometimes. It can be noisy in here. We ask, what are we looking for? Well, lots of things. We want a lot of stuff. And not all of it equally. And sometimes it's a little unsettling how love of God can exist between, beside companions. We know that and we feel that friction sometimes. But our hearts can be quite the ruckus sometimes. We want to say yes to Jesus. We want to say yes. We want to give our heart to his. We want to offer ourselves freely. And to some degree, we want to feel after God's heart what he feels. Do what he does as Jesus did and think like he thinks. That's where we're heading. But we also recognize that's something we're going to commit to once. We're going to say, yes, I want that. It's going to take time. It's also going to take time. That's the first thing, is just to put this up. This is something that's helped me understand some of how heart works. The second thing is this. It's not enough to ask what a heart is to make a neat model. It's not quite enough. We have to ask the second question, and this is the important one, what's it for? And Scripture gives us a lot of direction here. What's our heart for? I'm going to be taking as our touchstone this passage from Matthew 13, uh, 14b to 15. And you can, you can ask, there's, there's some negative in here, there's some positive too. Jesus says, you will indeed hear but never understand, and you will indeed see but never perceive. For this people's heart, he's quoting Isaiah, this people's heart has grown dull. With their ears, they can hardly hear. With their eyes, they can hardly see, lest they should, here's the positive, see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. So God wants us to hear and see and understand with our hearts, have our eyes open, understanding, 
And this will happen more and more, he says, as we turn. Note that there's that incredible promise. Turn, and I would heal them. So that's, that's the structure. That's the structure of going to be returning to that verse frequently throughout, the, throughout these meetings. Looking at barriers to that, right? God wants to heal us. God wants our hearts to understand. Seeing and hearing, he wants that to happen. There's barriers to that. So we'll be addressing night by night some barriers and also bridges, right? If there's barriers, there's going to be bridges too. God wants to build those bridges. So at least for tomorrow, I'll leave you with this. We'll be starting off with the barrier of self-love. So at the center of our hearts somewhere there's love. The barrier is self-love. And the bridge is love of God. We'll start there. I'm not sure where we'll end up. But uh, that's our beginning. Thanks again for your attention. And uh, tomorrow, I'll be doing more of the talking. I'll be fair. Let's stand. We'll pray. We'll be